To the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. Yes, episode 603, it appears. That's something. Uh, okay, so, so far with the experiments uh, of sending myself, you know, various show type notes in uh, email form seems to be working, I suppose. Uh, there's been times where I have wished uh, that I have sent myself more, I guess. Yeah, like, uh, like, it, it, it's, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the notes, I should put notes in quotes, because it's usually just a little point form, uh, 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 thoughts and musings and, uh, links to movies and such, are still somewhat similar, uh, sometimes to my notes from, uh, pre- episode 600 where it was you know uh, if it's a movie it's the movie title and a link to the imdb that i still have which uh, i will say in this particular episode i got a lot of movies um but then there's you know some weird musings uh, uh what potentially people have called in the past high thoughts h i g h thoughts t h o t s <laughs> high thoughts that's actually a good uh uh you know if i was gonna start a adult men's magazine of some sort why not high thoughts hmm interesting probably wouldn't do that though probably wouldn't do that all right let's uh, hop into again notes such as they are bruce bruce green playing project zomboid for five plus hours while working on DD session in forge foundry okay yeah <clears throat> this is a good example so uh bruce green who we have spoken of on this podcast many times very very highly formerly oh shit formerly of fun house uh, now of, you know, his own thing, Twitch primarily, but, uh, you know, you'll, you'll find him around in other places. Um, uh, I've spoken uh, most recently, I assume of him with regards to his, uh, playthrough of Skyrim and how that sort of, uh, uh, was a bit of the impetus for me doing my own sort of, uh, uh Skyrim playthrough, uh, in the form of the librarian, which you can go over to YouTube and check that out if you wish. Uh, he uh, was t recently playing Project Zomboid, which is a game that I like to watch people play. And I found every time that I have uh, installed it and played it over the years, my enjoyment of it is not large. And I don't know where the disconnect is necessarily between watching and playing myself. I, I, I assume... My assumption is that it has something to do with the difficulty, which is very, very high on this game. It's a very hard game. If you're unfamiliar with Project Zomboid, the uh, the Zomb, uh, of course, refers to zombie. Uh, it's a sort of a, a, a 2D top-down isometric perspective uh, where you're playing a character uh, trying to survive in the zombie apocalypse basically that's it when you boil it right down uh you know you, you you find yourself in a situation where you've got to gather resources uh you need food water shelter like these are things you actually have to pay attention to you need to be you know warm so you're, you gotta have the correct clothing it's a, it's a very uh in-depth 
deep game in terms of mechanics, uh, which is where a lot of the uh, difficulty comes in. The, the, the learning curve is sort of famously steep for Project Zomboid, and despite watching, you know, uh, definitely dozens, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just stick with dozens, because, you know, even if it's a lot of dozens, it's still dozens. Dozens of hours of watching others play it, uh, I, I still find myself uh, struggling to the degree where, uh, you know, I play for f three, four hours maybe and uh, have some fun, and then my sort of desire wanes uh, fairly quickly after that, I feel like. I feel like. Um, anyway, so it's a good, uh, as I mentioned in my note here, thing to have on in the background, watching people play this game. Uh, because, you know, you're going to have periods of time where not much is happening, which I guess maybe is another reason why it's not necessarily the funnest thing to play yourself. Maybe if I was, like, RPing it, I've kind of thought, uh, which I might do for a librarian, you know, like, special episode. There's some potential there, I think. Anyways, um, so while I was setting up my next D&D &D session, I had that on in the background. Uh, that D&D &D session went well. Yeah, because this note is from the past. Well, this, so was this recording. So are the words that I just said, technically, when you think about it. Uh, yeah, so uh, it, it was one in which, uh, again, long-time listener, if such a thing as is, uh, will know we're traveling to all the planes of existence. This was Mount Celestia. Was it Mount Celestia? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Where our uh, our, our sliders, as uh, we've sort of termed them, uh, have slid into the realm and came face to face with Bahamut. Bahamut. Several ways to say it. One of them might be right. Uh, yeah, the uh, the platinum dragon god, godlike being, uh, who has sort of uh, uh, hinted at others have noticed these people traveling among the planes because it's not something that many like people travel among planes but it's not often that people sort of systematically go from one plane to the other and uh, uh, are, are traveling with this sort of velocity let's say the this 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 goal in mind uh so bahamut and uh, uh warns that others are sort of noticing this which, uh, you know, sets it up for me to be able to introduce uh, more and stronger baddies that try to get in their way. That, that sort of idea, which I enjoyed. Um, the other thing I did was set it up in such a way that Bahamut had, in order to test these individuals to make sure they were up for the task of, you know, saving all of existence from the randomness leak, uh, uh, he pulled from each of their, uh, uh, ancestry, uh, individuals who sort of exemplify good and law, you know, things that, uh, Bahamut, uh, enjoys, uh, in order to test their mettle in an arena style battle to the death, but not real death because, you know, it's just a test. Uh, yeah, so I created an arena. I created their ancestors. I actually did... Um, character sheets for their ancestors. Uh, I, I used my voice uh, uh, modulator to have different voices for each of them, and uh, I, I think it was a lot of fun. It was basically just a session that was one big battle, which I thought 
Uh, well, a couple of things. It, it was sort of planned like that anyways, the, uh, that that was going to happen. But also we hadn't played in months uh, uh, because of, you know, work and holidays and, and lots of factors. Uh, so it was nice to get in and just sort of, you know, dust off the wheels with an arena style battle, I felt like. So uh, it, it went well and, and it was fun and I enjoyed it. And um, it was a sort of a challenging session to run because, you know, I'm not just running baddies. I'm not just running, you know, monsters, quote unquote. I'm running actual uh, 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 fully fledged out character sheet players, uh, uh, basically. So, uh, you know, that was fun for me to stretch my wings a little bit and uh, try to do that. Uh, and, and I think it might be something I do in future as well. Not for every single thing they come across, but, you know, when there's going to be a, 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 let's just say for the sake of argument a dungeon and, and at the end there's going to be a big boss maybe that big boss is going to have a character sheet we'll see if it, if, if it makes sense to do so I, I think it's a let's just say a mechanic yeah it's a mechanic uh, that i'll use in the future so there you go moving on to movie a movie uh from 2021 although it says here on the imda tv special which i suppose is uh, accurate but you know it definitely feels like a movie reno 911 exclamation point colon Ooh, has there ever been a title with an exclamation point followed by a colon like this i don't know reno 911 exclamation point colon the hunt for QAnon. Oh, following the deputies of Reno Sheriff's Department as they hunt for Q, the one behind all the QAnon conspiracies. Their efforts caused them to get stuck on a QAnon convention at sea. Yes. <laughs> so take Reno 911 and put it on a cruise. And that is what you got here. And it's a goddamn delight to see these folks back at it again and, uh, you know, doing funny things. Because they are a funny group of individuals. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into necessarily what happens. But just uh, be assured that if you are a fan of uh, 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 Reno 911 from, you know, back in the day uh, uh, and enjoyed their antics, these are more of them. Now, I will say the possibility exists that some of my enjoyment is nostalgia based which is you know that's always a worry it's a, a show that i laughed at muchly back in the day and now i'm getting a little more of it in uh, the year 2021 and and maybe some of that because have you noticed <laughs> have you ever noticed does it feel like i don't and maybe it's there's definite some logic to this i think that uh, the pursuit of the feeling of nostalgia is stronger in 2021 than it was in say 2019 and the logic i'm thinking is because the world is so different so vastly different uh like 2019 compared to 2008 you know different sure but not as vastly different as 2015 to 2021 for example, which is, you know, sort of interesting. And, and, and maybe that drives a certain wish to feel that nostalgia for the old uh, before times, as they are sometimes referred to. Hmm. You know, that's a thought. Uh, <clears throat> Rating-wise, 
you know, I'd go uh, an average of three with uh, uh, some good four runs and some fun five moments. Yeah. Uh, you know what, why don't I just jam all the movies together here, uh, although they're separated in my notes by some stuff, you know, why not uh, uh, go through it? So those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies? Jesus. Watched a lot of movies. Uh, which, you know, one of my items uh, will explain why that is the case. From 1988, I forget how I heard about this. I feel like it was maybe on a list of, uh, you know, buried treasures or something like that. Or maybe it was from that Hats Off Entertainment guy on YouTube. Maybe he spoke of it. I forget. Anyway, it's called uh, Without a Clue. Ugh. A drunken Sherlock Holmes is really just a cover for the real detective, Dr. Watson. What? Uh, starring Ben Kingsley. Isn't it Sir Ben Kingsley? Hmm. Uh, and Michael Caine. Oh my God. Michael Caine and Ben Kingsley? Titans. Titans of the acting world in a comedy. Uh, a, a delightful romp. A delightful romp would be a word I would use. Farcical. Another word I would use. A different take on the Sherlock Holmes story, which I enjoy, uh, where, you know, Watson is the smart one. He's he's the one, you know, doing all the deductive reasoning and, uh, and the, the one who's sort of actually solving the crimes. Um, but, you know, he didn't want to be in the limelight. He didn't want... The, 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 the fame. So he created this character of Sherlock Holmes uh, to sort of uh, be the face of the organization. <clears throat> um, Rating-wise, you know, I'd go a solid four. Uh, I feel my nose is getting stuffed up. Uh, so maybe I'll hurry up. Yeah, that rhymes. Stuffed up. Hurry up. I'm rhyming up with up. From 2000, Best in Show. Yes. Behind the scenes look into the highly competitive and cutthroat world of dog shows through the eyes of a group of ruthless dog owners. Well, they're not all ruthless. Some of them are ruthless, I will say. Uh, yeah, uh, this is, of course, a Christopher Guest joint. Uh, uh, terrific. Uh, amazing. Uh, hadn't seen it in a couple of years. Probably, if I had to guess, third, fourth viewing somewhere in that neighborhood uh, my favorite thing of this is somehow some way well I, I i know how uh, the missus had not seen this so i i convinced her to watch it which you know not always an easy task for uh, uh sort of strange looking comedies you know uh, uh, christopher guest maybe not things that are necessarily up her alley um but the addition of dogs <laughs> that she you know she likes dogs so that that made it easier and by the end she fucking loved it so i think i may be able to convince her to watch a mighty wind we'll see we'll see uh spinal tap probably pushing it a little too far if i had to guess uh, uh yeah uh, just christopher guestiest at his bestiest uh in show oh boy I'm going to blame the stuffed nose on what just happened there. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, yeah, just a, 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 a delightful portrayal from actors who seemingly, you know, not only work well together, obviously, but also uh, enjoy one another's company and just had fun doing what they do. And, and I think it obviously comes across on screen. 
uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Uh, also, the delight uh, we have just finished, which we'll talk about in a bit, actually. Uh, Schitt's Creek. So uh, that was also fun to see them. Uh, Fred Willard, you know, uh, R.I.P. One of my faves. Definite sort of a, a, a show stealer throughout. Anytime he is on screen, uh, you, you know, your eyes are just glued to his performance and the amazing things he does. Just the hardest laughs throughout the entire movie, definitely, hands down, from Fred Willard. Um, you know, great movie. I recommend 5 out of 5. Best in show. Uh, moving on from 2021, The Colony. Oh yeah, this one wasn't very good. <clears throat> Set in the distant future, a female astronaut shipwrecked on the long decimated Earth must decide the fate of the wasteland's remaining populace. Yeah, you know, sounds cool. Sounds cool. Uh, and it, it was okay. <coughs> it's just, uh, I don't know, it, it just kind of didn't pull me in for whatever reason. On that note, rating wise, I'd probably go like a two with you know, some, some three averages of, of, you know, enjoying some of the things happening on screen. But again, the desire to rewatch is non-existent. So that brings it down to a two. Um, yeah, you know, and I'm just going to move on because, uh, I feel my nose getting more stuffed as I speak. So, you know, there's that the colony uh, okay, moving on to, from 1986, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Ah, that makes sense because we just spoke of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the previous episode, and I said how much I desired to watch this, and now I have done so. I should say rewatch because I have seen, uh, this would be second or third viewing if I had to guess from, uh, you know, 1986 to now. I probably didn't see this in 1986 as I was, you know, five years old. <laughs> so I assumed I didn't see it then. Um, so the missus uh, bamboozled me a little bit because, uh, you know, I, I said I would watch the first one if we would also watch this one because I actually had more desire to watch this one than I did the first one. Um, but then she explained that uh, she kind of really didn't want to and there was scenes that she recalled from it that made her physically ill. Um, and <laughs> after having rewatched it, yeah, yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, there's one character played by, I don't know if I'll be able to see, Bill Mosley. Is that who's playing him? I think it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's this guy with a metal plate in his head. And, you know, this is disgusting, so keep that in mind. He has a hanger, like a coat hanger, a metal one, that he will periodically uh, light the tip of it with a lighter just to you know heat it up and then he will scratch around the edges of the metal plate in his head uh, which you know I guess that feels good sure and then he, he will uh, once done scratching uh, uh, take off the little bits that come away and uh, eat them yeah that's what he will do for some reason <sighs> The, I'm looking at the poster for this one and it's fucking bizarre as well. Oh yeah, what does it say? After a decade of silence, the buzz is back. <laughs> uh, 
very very weird uh not just the poster but the movie in general um you you oh what the hell is his name oh my god dennis hopper and you know what's funny about that oh i'm gonna sneeze uh you know what's funny about that i somehow knew intuitively something about the name dennis hopper that i have trouble remembering it like whenever i uh, i've watched apocalypse now um it's probably the second most watched movie that I have. Second or... Uh, uh, Star Trek The Wrath of Khan is the first. I've seen that movie more than I've seen other any other movie. Then the Woodstock documentary... Or... Apocalypse Now. Probably Apocalypse Now and then the Woodstock movie are, are, are closer. But they're, they're distant second and third. Anyways, despite that fact... For some reason, I, I can never remember Dennis Hopper's name. Uh, it's like a, a strange mental block that I don't get. Uh, he plays a, a sheriff in here, uh, Lieutenant Lefty Enright. He is a relative? Was Is he the father? Uncle? I don't really know. Of one of the characters from the first movie, sort of looking into what happened and trying to stop this evil. That's the other thing. Uh, a, a lot of play on the fact that this is a uh, just just evil group of individuals, uh, uh, almost supernaturally so. It felt like at sometimes, which is you know interesting. Uh, rating wise, I liked it more than the first one. Uh, because of its just insane weirdness, like a, a like a bizarre movie like this, a bizarre '80s movie. So I'd probably go, you know, like four-ish somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, if you watch the first one, uh, <coughs> I don't know. Do you want to watch this one next? They're very different. It's almost like you know what's interesting. Uh, yeah, Alien and Aliens. Versus the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Actually a lot of similarities in that the first ones are a lot more serious and sort of dark and horror-y. And then the second one's a little more action, a little more campy, a little more uh, over-the-top ridiculous. Yeah, huh, how about that? Uh, moving on to, uh, oh yeah, this is a request from the missus. Um, from 1998, A Perfect Murder. Normally not the type of movie I enjoy. Uh, uh, what are these, thrillers? Yeah. Something about thrillers. Like, a lot of the times with thrillers, I, I watch them and they're fine and, you know, I get some enjoyment. But the thought of watching a thriller is always like an ask for me. Like, it, it's never something I go out of my way for. Um, this one included... Writing-wise, I don't know. I just kind of don't like these kind of movies. They don't really do anything for me. Uh, Two-ish, you know. Uh, uh, you, you got some uh, uh, Michael Douglas, Gwyneth Paltrow, Viggo Mortensen. You know, that's not bad. Good performances, an interesting story, some some twists, some turns. There's, there's things to be said about this that are, you know, not bad. Uh, a wealthy Wall Street, <laughs> that's interesting, a wealthy Wall Street speculator discovers that his wife has a lover. He investigates him and uses the carrot and stick to make him murder his wife. Planned it, uh, blah, 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 and it goes on from there. Um, yeah. Uh, the title, A Perfect Murder, is far from accurate because things do not go 
perfectly. Uh, okay, yeah, I forgot about this guy. Uh, so David Suchet plays Mohammed Karaman. He's like a detective, and something about his performance I fucking loved. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I almost don't know what it was about him. He was just sort of it was a little over the top, a little strange. Um, yeah, <laughs> he was actually my favorite part of the movie, probably. Vigo was good. Yeah, Gwyneth. Michael Douglas, pretty good. Uh, you know, if you like these kind of movies, this is one. Uh, I, I, I wasn't going to watch it, but uh, The Mrs. was uh, so very nice to me. Uh, but something we'll talk about uh, in a second that, uh, you know, I figured, ah, what the hell. She deserves it. Uh, moving on to, I'll put these two movies together for obvious reasons from 1964 and 1965, respectively. A Fist Full of Dollars and For a Few Dollars More. These are, of course, Clint Eastwood's Spaghetti Westerns. Yes. Um, so I, I think I mentioned this in the last some odd episodes. I, I downloaded or I acquired, uh, watched mm, uh, a bunch of uh, uh, old Spaghetti Westerns. And I've worked my way through most of them. I think I have like maybe one or two left. The Outlaw Josie Wales and I think maybe another one. Uh, yeah, so it's been a delight. They're... they're uh, just sort of relaxing mellow uh the the pace of these is always uh, just sort of you know they let things uh, they let things happen you know uh, uh, things are not forced it's not a lot of uh, heart well i guess there is i was gonna say not a lot of hard cuts between scenes there is hard cuts between uh, they do something in these two in particular, like you'll notice it in other ones, but I, I felt like I really noticed it in this, um, where it's a lot of hard cuts between, uh, uh close-ups of faces of, uh, you know, sweaty character actors. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's something that they like to do for some reason. Uh, it's sort of ramp to, in order to ramp up tension, I guess is the, uh, the reason why they're doing it. Uh, okay. So let me read the MDA. I wonder... A wandering gunfighter plays two rival families against each other in a town torn apart by greed, pride, and revenge. That is a fistful of dollars, and it is accurate, I would say. Uh, this is one of Clint Eastwood's first uh, Western movies, and uh, it's sort of his quintessential character sort of takes shape in this. Uh, uh, the, the, the man with no name, the, the, the lone gunman sort of dude, uh, amped up in for a few dollars more Two bounty hunters with the same intention. Oh, team up to track down an escaped Mexican outlaw. Uh, this also, of course, starring Lee Van Cleef. Yes. Both have, uh, Gian Maria Volente as, you know, the Mexican dude, uh, uh, also, uh, that's the same guy from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, isn't it? Or is that a different guy? I'm just clicking on it now. Uh, let me just see. Good, bad, ugly. Probably, uh, just on this note, probably not going to watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, uh, just because I've watched it somewhat recently. Uh, that's, you know, up there with movies I've seen the most. Uh, 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 
Chuko. Oh yeah, okay. So that's played by Ellie Wallach. Wallach? Wallach. Okay, so that's a different guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, sort of similar in bearing, I would say. Okay, another thing I've just realized. This <laughs> is very strange. Uh, Alien Aliens, uh, Texas Massacre 1-2, and A Fistful of Dollars, and For a Few Dollars More all sharing the same similarity where the first film in the series, let's say, um, a lot more grounded, a lot more uh, following the sort of genre rules. And then the second one in the movie gets a little crazy, gets a little campy, gets the, the, does, does some interesting different things, uh, uh, sort of spreads its wings and uh, tries some stuff out. Yeah, I like it. Uh, in fact, I did like for a few dollars more. More. <laughs> uh, a lot of that has to do with Lee Van Cleef, who's just like an incredible. If you're gonna have a '60s friggin' uh, western movie and you don't have him him in it, you're doing it wrong. All right, uh, let's go back to the notes now that we were done the films. A lot of good movies. Uh, yeah, so. Some of that came from the fact that I got really sick. Uh, like, the sickest I've ever been. Uh, wasn't COVID, at least uh, uh, several negative uh, uh, COVID tests. You know, could be false negatives, could just not have uh, showed up. Uh, haven't done a PCR, maybe at some point will. Um, and, and also a lot of the Simpson symptoms were not ones that traditionally, at least... Uh, uh, apply to those with COVID. So, you know, all those things combined mean thinking it's not, but uh, who could tell? Anyways, uh, yeah, woke up one day, and the shittiest thing about it was it was a Saturday. A Saturday in which I had D&D uh, in a session that uh, we hadn't played for a couple of months, and I was really looking forward to it. Uh, started playing, uh, despite the fact that I woke up feeling, you know, a little green would be the uh, word I would use to describe it. Uh, you know, it sort of warned the uh, uh, DM and players that I just wasn't feeling that good. So, you know, uh, I, I didn't want to just bail. But also, I really, really, really wanted to play so much. Uh, and we did start playing and uh, having fun. And we, we started a battle with some, uh, I think they were black oozes or black puddings or something. Which uh, which was scary because <laughs> the friggin' barbarian in our group kept... Uh, using uh, uh, edged weapons and, and chopping them, and then they would split in two, and then you'd have to fight two of them, which is always a dangerous thing in D&D. Uh, anyways, it was getting bad. Uh, uh, the Barbarian had been knocked down a couple of times. Um, I have almost no hit points, uh, just in general, because I've got a constitution of seven. Uh, I know, that's also dangerous. Uh, and, and, and despite all that tension, I, I just felt like like I was going to puke. Yeah. Uh, and, and had to pull the plug and leave, uh, felt really bad about it. Not just least of which is because I really wanted to play and was dying to play, but also, uh, uh, because, you know, felt like I am a, uh, uh, rogue paladin. So I'm the one with the most heals. So, uh, also that didn't feel good, but you know, I had to do it literally had to do it. Uh, then I spent the rest of the day, uh, at times projectile vomiting, 
Um, the first time only in my life where I've ever uh, uh, been simultaneously shitting and puking at the same time. Yeah, not great. Not great. Lost 10 pounds in one day. So, you know, that's a diet. And, and, and just some of the worst parts were, <laughs> I know, from what I've said, it gets worse. The fact that I couldn't lie down because I would get the spins and I was just so exhausted that I wanted to sleep. But every time I closed my eyes, uh, uh, you know, things would start to spin and I would feel worse. So I had to like just sit in, uh, you know, uh, uh, nausea and agony, uh, eventual, you know, literal agony, probably from dehydration because every time I tried to drink anything, it would immediately come up. Uh, just one of the worst feelings I've ever felt in my entire life. Still don't really know what it was from. Again, you know, COVID, although unlikely, not impossible, but feels more like a stomach bug or food poisoning. Uh, the missus, uh, took great care of me. (laughs) Uh, you know, you you got me a ginger ale and, uh, you know, just uh, sort of, uh, helped me cope in general. Um, so that's why I watched that movie that I wouldn't normally watch with her. Uh, I norm like, I, uh, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, she got it, uh, as well, uh, to a much lesser degree. Like she never puked. Uh, so, you know, that wasn't fun, but it's also probably why, uh, I w- have watched so many movies lately just because I haven't felt like gaming just felt like sort of sitting and passively not doing anything because I've been weak for like a week. Uh, I just felt like, you know, uh, you, you, even days after just like wobbly need, like, uh, could barely like walk or get up or move around. It felt like just, just tired all the time and was not great. was not great. And now I have a runny nose this morning. That, that That's a new development <laughs> as of this morning. Didn't have that uh, for the last week or so. Weird. Uh, okay, moving on to... Uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this falls into the, the weird thought one. Uh, I think Therefore I Am should actually be I think I am, therefore I think I am. Hmm, yeah, okay. I, I, I can sort of understand that. The uh, sort of meditation that I've been doing, you know, exploring consciousness, uh, sort of I feel like you get ideas like this where uh, uh, you sort of start to question consciousness in different ways yeah that's sort of a way of wrapping your your mind around it i guess and uh, you know the old uh, uh, adage i think therefore i am you know that makes sense i can get that i can wrap my head around that but nowadays it's because of you know sort of uncertainty and the feeling that not fully understanding what consciousness is or if it is and, you know, simulation theory and things like that. <laughs> I feel like it should be updated to I think I am, therefore I think I am. Uh, because, you know, I'm uncertain. I, I like it. Uh, moving on to new job troubleshooting. Oh, yeah, access forms, checklist. Yeah, uh, so I, I think I have mentioned, got a new job uh, and sort of had to... Uh, 
spread my intellectual wings a little bit, uh, which I felt like I haven't done for a while now. So that's been uh, uh, fun is a strong word. You know, I'm still the type that if you said uh, you never had to work again, I'd be like, great, <laughs> I wouldn't. You know, there's those types that say, uh, and even do sometimes say, if I win the lottery, I'd stay at my job. If I won the lottery, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> I would do what I want, and none of it would be work for others. Uh, that being said, uh, the job that I do currently have, this new one, uh, has been good. <laughs> and the fact that I could say a job has been good is, uh, I feel like, you know, that, that's what I'm going to get. I, I, I'm going to be happy with good. I'm going to be happy with not hating. Uh, uh, used, uh, anyways, I've been using some of the tools, Microsoft Access stuff, um, to try to develop a form. Basically, I want a form where, you know, you take your customers and they all have this certain uh, data depending on the jobs that they have done. Uh, and I want to be able to bring up the customer and have this form auto-populate by the customer with what is needed for these jobs. Sort of a checklist form. Yeah, I, I'm still working through the details. Uh, one of the details that's tough is that I have to have this form accessible to the people doing the work which shouldn't be too hard. I have some ideas around that with exporting to PDF and uh, linking it through, uh, we have a SharePoint. You know, I, I got some ideas percolating around that, but then also having them be able to uh, respond to questions um, that might arise while uh, uh, creating the form, while, while filling out fields of the form. Uh, yeah, so, you know, some things still have to be figured out, but, uh, you know, working on it, and, uh, it's the kind of work that, while I like, it's also, especially day one, while I was figu figuring out some of the initial things, I don't like, because I get, like, really, I don't know, like, amped up a little bit, and, like, uh, too, too involved, to the point where, you know, the work day's done and I'm still thinking about it and, you know, trying to go to bed at night and I'm still thinking about this problem and how to get past it. And that is, you know, that's like a, like a, like a strange genie wish there. The, the ability to, when done work, you know, flip a switch in your mind to completely forget about work. How, how, how amazing would that superpower be? Uh, something that's been helping, moving on, uh, is that I've been playing uh, Stardew Valley again. Yes, uh, playing it on iOS for the first time. Uh, actually, no, not for the first time. I, I did play it a while back. Uh, it just didn't take. I, I, I kind of almost didn't like the interface, which is interesting now because uh, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I don't know if they added this, uh, and maybe it's one of the reasons that I didn't enjoy it as much back in the day. Uh, or I just didn't know of this feature, but you can turn on, uh, auto battle or whatever term they've used. Basically, uh, it, it's just where, and you can still get hurt and I've died, although I've only died once, uh, now that I've finally made my way to Skull Cavern, um, uh, you could turn it on so that, you know, when an enemy is within you know, swinging distance, you will swing at it. 
you know, simple as that. And uh, for, for me, combat in Stardew Valley is, you know, not the reason that I'm there anyways. So it's, it's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons this game is amazing. Um, because there's so many things you can do. But uh, my, my, my sort of main end goal is just have a really cool looking farm by the end of it. I'm into year two, uh, two fall uh, and I've, I've made some good progress. I got two sheds. I got the deluxe uh, coop barn. Um, I'm doing some interesting things with uh, artifacts and minerals. Uh, I have not given even one to the um, to the museum yet. Yes, uh, I'm thinking what I'm going to do, and this is going to be difficult. Uh, and has proven somewhat difficult and you know I'm cutting myself off from some things so far uh, and that is to uh, f in one of my sheds create my own museum yeah where I have uh, one of each uh, sort of item that can be donated which is going to be tricky because the end goal is basically eventually needing two of these sometimes very hard to <laughs> acquire items um, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm working my way, working my way. Uh, what else? I, I, I'm trying to just sort of take it easy and, uh, you know, uh, not always go for the most efficient, uh, 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 gold generating options at all times and having things, uh, be aesthetically pleasing, uh, as opposed to things that are going to generate money, uh, is, is sort of one of the end goals, which is why I feel like, uh, it's probably going to take me longer than it would, uh, otherwise, which is fine because I'm having fun doing it. having, having a lot of fun. It's just, just so relaxing this game. Uh, it's actually, a, a, as soon as I'm done recording here, uh, it's my plan to just play it all day. Just have something on in the background while I play away gonna be a goddamn delight and i want to get to it now so let me move on to i don't even know if i have anything else oh shit's creek final season yeah uh uh <laughs> geez what do i say it, it was you know did i laugh yes did i cry also yes uh it was so nice to see these characters um uh, there's something about and maybe it's because you know the the sort of family connections on the show uh and the fact that it's just so obvious that uh, you know obviously the characters on the show love one another they're a family but it's also uh, i feel like you can i feel like you could feel the, the the love of the actual real people the actors playing these characters you could feel that love come through is, is that insane? Is that wishful thinking? I've often said that uh, uh, for some reason it's always nice to know that when you're watching a TV show that the actors on the show get along. <laughs> that they like one another. That they're friends and they hang out. Uh, it, 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 to me, it adds a layer. It adds, it adds in a layer that I like. And when the opposite is true... It's still probably something I could watch. It, it, it's just that added layer that uh, it's you know warming the cockles of my heart, I suppose. Uh, and no more, I feel like, is it more evident than on Shit's Creek. Uh, you know, doing classic uh, final season stuff like a wedding. 
uh of course uh what else it was nice to see oh yeah shyla being super uber rich for some reason everyone's sort of finding their place in the world and and, and being happy with it uh it was just all so heartwarming and uh, I cannot recommend this show enough. Uh, a definite Canadian vibe to it, which I enjoy. Uh, yeah, how about Schitt's Creek? The, the, the series as a whole, easy, easy 5 out of 5. Uh, uh, and, you know, I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this is, uh, I guess, what we're ending it. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make sense on my own note. Okay. Is the answer to the question, do you think you're funny? I think so, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I understand where I'm coming from with that. Strange, <coughs> strange note to myself. Oh boy. So yeah, I've had this thought before. Uh, and I think I've probably mentioned it on the podcast as well. I've had evidences in my life that I'm funny, but then I've also spoken of levels of funny, you know, funniest guy in the office funny versus stand-up comedian funny versus, uh, you know, uh, dad, uh, dad funny. And I suppose you could have dollops of some of these, Mm. or are you in a category? Uh, and, and I'm, I'm not sure where I fit or if I do fit anywhere. And if, in fact, at am at all humorous. Um, so, uh, should I ever be asked, do you think you're funny? Uh, I, I, I think a perhaps truthful answer would be, I think so, but I don't know for sure. Huh. Yeah, okay. Logic to that. Uh, Alright, folks. I guess that's it for this particular episode. We've done it. You know, it is one. 46 some odd minutes long of someone talking for some reason. Uh, yeah. We'll be back for another one, I have to assume. Uh, it's nice to be nice to the nice. But... But...